Hey guys, welcome to episode 71 of the JV Club with my buddy Emma Bates. She is in the marvelous Joss Whedon directed Much Ado About Nothing. I cannot encourage you guys enough to see it. It's wonderful. Um, And uh, I'm also delighted to be back on American soil. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I do loves me some Canada. Um, So in many ways, I was uh, sad to leave. But um, I've got a few good reasons to be glad to be back in the US of A, not the least of which is that I finally get to get caught up on at least a few shout outs as I go through and uh, collect some of the feedback that you guys have been kind enough to send over the almost month that I have been away. Um, Was very excited to make it to Comic-Con, had a wonderful time uh, doing the panel and the signing and and meeting fans and taking a bunch of pictures. Um, Super blast and uh, Comic-Con's kind of stressful and intense because it's so crowded and um, I'm not a huge fan of stuff like that. So uh, it speaks well of um, both Nickelodeon and uh, the fans that I ended up having such a great time there. Um, I'm excited to say that when this episode comes out, uh, I will be on a plane to MetroCon in Florida. I believe I mentioned that in a past episode. Really excited to meet some more fans on the other side of the states there in Tampa. Um, and so that's going to be awesome. Um, and so let me get into some shout outs again. I'm still behind, but I'm, I'm delighted to be able to give at least some shout outs. I wanted to acknowledge, uh, Melanie K for her wonderful email, uh, Ken F Elizabeth, um, who did such a lovely picture that I posted on Twitter of Cora listening to an iPod. I got a chance to meet her in person at Comic-Con and she gave me a large print version for me to hang on the wall. So thanks again for that, my love. It's beautiful. Kaylee, uh, thanks for your update. Christina M., I will see you at Metricon, uh, also known as Tina M. Uh, Lacey S., uh, for being a new listener who is a big fan of the Janeteers, It can come as no surprise to anyone that I completely forgot that there was a name for people who listen because I never say it. So janitors, I welcome you into the podcast episode, but I do also love janitors. Veronica M, always love your emails. Uh, Nancy N, uh, great being in touch with you when I was in Montreal. Uh, Ashley J, I wanted to acknowledge, uh, sent a lovely email with uh, the Environmental Working Group's Cosmetics Database. Google Environmental Working Group's Cosmetics Database. Great resource for uh, safe cosmetics uh, per the Jessica Makinson episode. On Facebook, I want to thank Lizzie G, Jessica, Ariel G, who gave me some great advice on things to do in Toronto. I want to thank Jesse for your email. Uh, Greg B on Facebook. Um, Caroline J on Facebook and, uh, Claire for a wonderful Facebook post, um, that made me feel like a million bucks and then Alexis, uh, for your email. So guys, thank you so much. Um, very excited to get caught up on some other stuff. As you can see, I did not mention Twitter and I have not gotten to the Nerdist pages yet, but these things will come in due time in the interim. I welcome you to enjoy this episode with Emma Bates. Now entering Nerdist.com.
just going to fire this puppy up. What if it had a revving sound? <laughs> and we're podcasting. It's like a weird race. Yeah. Speaking good. of, you know what that just reminded me of is when I was in, have you ever been to like a, a like a, like a race car? What am I, what am I trying to say? A racetrack? Like a, yeah, like, like a, like a racing cars. Like, um, never. There's a Groupon for that though. Is there really? There's yeah. a Groupon for everything. I know. I saw that one though. What is that called? Cars. NASCAR. Oh my yeah, God. It took me a really long time to come up with that. So you've never been to a pl- thing like that? No, but everyone says it's so much more fun than it looks. It looks so boring. It, it, I, I associate it with like, Southerner. I mean, in yeah. terms of like, not me. I here I think of myself as someone who doesn't like openly stigmatize and stuff. But I think of that as like the country music station. By the way, I like a lot of country music too. So yeah. listen to me. I'm being. I'm making no sense. But you do. It's like I think of it as like, oh, the NASCAR population is not a population I could identify with. Those yeah. are going to be like Republican. You know. Hillbillies. Hillbillies who yeah. think gay people should not be able to get married. Like, yeah. I just go ahead and make a really specious assumption based on nothing. And so when I was up in Toronto recently, as recently as one week ago, as recently as like four days ago, <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> the uh, the transpo guys who were picking me up and taking me to and from the hotel to go to shoot this thing that I was working on, were like everybody was a buzz about the fact that this racing car, obviously it wasn't NASCAR, but some Canadian version of okay. like a race, um, an event was going to be happening in Toronto, and uh, and they were like, so are you going to go look at the cars? Are you going to check out the race cars? And um, and I was like, you know, I got to say, I don't uh, I don't foresee that happening. That's just not really my thing. But all these guys are like car guys, right? That's why they're in Transpo and in the Transpo department. Oh, yeah, of course. So I promptly forgot that that was happening. And um, like a week and a half ago, so like last the week, a week ago, Friday, um, I got up to go for a bike ride before I had to go shoot. And the bike path along in Toronto goes along the waterfront, including this event kind of stadium. Mm-hmm. And so I was riding my bike up towards it and I started to hear this like really weird sound. And I was like, what is that? And it was so loud. And as I got closer, I was like, oh no, that's right. It's the race cars. Like the race cars are going to ruin my morning ride because it's going to be so loud. <laughs> So I'm riding past, I promise I will let you talk maybe for five minutes during the podcast. The rest of it will be me monologuing per usual. About race cars? About race cars, per, you you know this is a race car specific (laughs) podcast. get that Janet Barton to stop about these cars. Cars. But here's the thing with the cars. So I'm riding past and I start to see and hear them actually making this turn so they've like blocked off they're basically blocked off part of the street and these cars are it's not even the full event yet it's like the day before but people are showing up to watch them warm up or whatever mm-hmm. and so these cars are going by so fast and so loud and here i thought that i was going to be like this is ruining my ride is what i thought instead the adrenaline <laughs> my own adrenaline on the bike my heart started racing. The cars were like, nyo, nyo. and I was like, they're going so fast. And it made me want to ride my bike faster. And the energy of it all was like electric. Wow. And I was really into it. I and mean, then country music started playing. I, if only. Somebody and gave then I realized gay people are wrong. They're wrong. It's a sin. 
I don't know. It's like it was. I mean, listen. I didn't show up for the event itself. It didn't change like my plan for the weekend yeah. or anything like that. But I got it. You know what I mean? Uh, when you just have those moments where this thing that you thought you'd never be into, whether or not it's my new passion, it's not. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Like I totally, yeah, completely get it. It was very exciting to see something move that fast on the ground it just seems so mind-bogglingly dangerous to me oh for sure <laughs> like why for sure are these people doing that it's like ice skating to me which is that yeah. i'm always waiting for them to fall or crash yeah so i'm so <laughs> so stressful to watch it to me i'm like ah and then if they don't there's also this sadistic part that is like oh well not much happened to that <laughs> you know? only tragedy so, yeah so it's like, like if they don't fall or they don't crash you're like that was a real waste oh no <laughs> okay but so does that extend for you to like imagination stuff like movie stuff do you get really stressed out mm-hmm. in, so okay so it's like not relaxed oh, yeah. i mean not to say that any of us relaxes in a suspenseful movie but is it almost yeah. too much for you oh or is, yeah. yeah i can't see horror movies i'm the one that's literally screams at the top of my lungs if something scares me just violently i went to see what's that zombie one with brad pitt now oh world war z yeah i haven't seen it yet. so stressful dude it was so stressful here's what i'll say is i get more stressed out during like if someone said to me we're gonna go see a movie and janet you really need to relax but then they gave me only two options of two unrelaxing movies Mm -hmm. if they said you have your choice between say something like world war z or a movie where someone is falsely accused of something and you know that they're right innocent and you have to it's that like person against the world kind Uh of story I would choose the zombie movie every time. Like I would rather see a scary, terrifying movie or a really stressful <laughs> like anxiety. Like the Nelson Mandela. Then, yeah. Then like, oh my God, why is no one believing him? Why is no one believing him? Yeah. Like that bothers me so much more. There are so many movies like that that just make me so tense. Yeah. I'm trying to think I of a good example of, of a one. movie. That, kind of yeah. Inside Man is, is a good one. Okay, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where like you just see a good person get kicked and kicked and kicked and especially if it's based on a true story because the chances are it's not going to turn out great yeah like there's going to be you know or like yeah like a falsely somebody's who's getting falsely imprisoned and you're yeah. trying to there it looks like they're gonna in general yeah like, this whole trayvon martin thing is driving me yeah. nuts like i'm yeah. obsessed about that too just the idea of like yeah that's really not fair oh yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. i can't let it go yeah it really bugs me where you're like i know they had a trial i know that's our justice system doesn't always work well yeah. but yeah those that kind of stuff drives me nuts too and how do you move through that without because that brings up an even larger issue when you talk about real life stuff which is how much do we change our own lives when we see or feel an injustice being done versus how much does something like that really upset? I mean, I feel bad about this. We used to talk about this at HuffPost Live a lot because of the news cycle is mm-hmm. like, how long are you going to be upset about yes. this before something else happens that like kind of makes us, I hate to say it, but sort of forget. You have to move past it yeah. eventually. Yeah, I know. Or do people, or do you stop, or do you become somebody who kind of stops your life and protests, or writes yeah. letters, or you know gets really involved in signing petitions, and you know above and beyond like just 
Oh, thank God. It's been a long time since I burped on the podcast, but it's <laughs> nice to know that if I drink sparkling water, that is still definitely going to happen, especially when I'm talking about human rights. Yeah, it was oh, so... boy. <laughs> <laughs> the injustice that I just experienced was so overwhelming oh, no. to have to witness that. Oh, no. So unfair. My body did not have a sense of timeliness at all. I was like, listen, when a young boy... <laughs> that's terrible but you know what i mean like we have yeah. we sort of take our time to sign a petition because an email comes in or mm-hmm. you know write a congressperson but then there are people who are making it their business and their livelihood however paltry to really try to instigate change and some have that nagging voice too in my head that's like well if something is bothering you and you're a sensitive person how much responsibility you have to commit how much of your time well it just is so frustrating too because ideally you elect people that are going to represent what you want and i feel with gun control and this was just one instance of a constant barrage of it in this country and that especially in the last year or two has felt god even more last calendar year has been yeah and no change on it really so that's where i think politically it's very frustrating yeah because it just keeps happening and you feel like you're not doing anything to incite change like you said other than vote how you vote and who you support yeah well i was just reading it was just a little snippet it was just a little blur but i was reading i think vanity fair and there was this reference to um gabby giffords who of course is from my Mm -hmm. home state and that the shooting happened like at a grocery store I go to when I'm in town and stuff. And to hear, you know, to, to read about her saying, you know, uh, that she's advocating a form of gun control, but that she herself, I think she said it's either her husband or her brother, but she was like, you know, we're gun owners, we're gun owners. Mm -hmm. And so just even to see that, even to hear that about, you know, somebody who's been the direct victim of Mm -hmm. gun violence to know that, there are still people like that didn't change her point of view about mm-hmm. her own right to bear arms and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's just so far away from anything I've ever like, you know what I mean? Gun, like guns yeah. in my family. That's not, I, I've never, I had never seen a gun. I'd never held one. My parents would both, it's like mm-hmm. the furthest thing away from my little like school teacher, parent, liberal, leading liberal heart. Yeah. upbringing i grew up in the south in virginia predominantly okay so that's and, yeah heart, people the heart, like heartland yeah i'm super into nascar super into guns <laughs> super into i'm surprised we're even friends burping oh you know, hey yeah, we do have stuff. more in common than i thought <laughs> and um i i personally have never owned a gun but i don't have anything you know where I, I i do think that people should be allowed to if they want one but it just seems to me that they should really have to much like getting a driver's license, there should be a process to it. Right. And not everybody should just have one of those without yeah. extensive training. And like semi-automatic. And I mean, and, you know, yeah. yeah and most people, reason. it seems like most people agree on some big pieces like semi-automatic pieces yeah. of this argument but even those wheels aren't turning. Like That's it doesn't, what like I'm you saying. don't, yeah, like, you I feel don't, like I don't hear even take an many people say, yes, stance. you know, it's not like, you don't hear half the voices in media saying no semi-automatic should be allowed and yet there just doesn't seem to be you're right it's like can we see some movement rather than just discussion it's all words to me where it's in in the injustice of it is to feel like these things will continue to happen like this these when you have dumb laws like stand your ground which i think is a ridiculous law and then 
people that just, you know, think they can just go around shooting people that scare them or people that make them uncomfortable or I don't know. So getting back to Virginia, so your parents weren't like advocates of that and you didn't grow they up They actually guns did own guns. Well, they did. Um, and predominantly because we had moved from Houston, which is a city, obviously, to the middle of nowhere in Virginia. And, and what so, age were you when you moved to uh, Virginia? Seven and a half, I think. Okay. And they they moved into the country country. Like it doesn't even have a name where they were. It's the county of Amherst. So. Yeah. Out in, and it was a bunch of acres and three trout ponds and literally wow. in the mountains. Our closest neighbor was over the holler. <laughs> oh my gosh! What what drew what what was in Houston and and what drew my your dad family worked to in the Virginia. oil industry. He's a okay. geologist, and so when the oil industry kind of crashed in the eighties, he worked for Getty. He got laid off and got another job in Virginia. So. Okay. He and tests the, groundwater and things <clears throat> like that. And so the decision to be, I mean, what, were, was the house somehow close to where he reported in for work or was the opportunity just, no, he here's just this, thought it would he be fun to move into the country. Okay. Yeah. I think that to get to work was about an hour drive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and what is, what is the family we're talking about? What is, what's, what do you guys, how many of you were there? There was my mom and dad and my sister, my little sister and my older brother. Okay. All right. So even so, your middle child. Mm-hmm, I was. Mm-hmm. I'm actually psychoanalysis begins. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I have been all of them, which is strange because when it was me and my brother, I was the youngest, and my yeah. sister was born six years later. And then when I was 16, he died in a car accident when oh, he was 18. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Sad, huh? But um. So then I was the oldest. So I've been the oldest since then. Yeah. So oh, you have, have been all. So I have the whole. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. That is a total unique spectrum. Yeah. Um, okay. So you all moved when you were seven, and how old? How much older was your brother? He was two and a half years older. So, I mean, I hate to go right into that, but it's hard not to. The no one ever knows what to do. Listen, when I don't know, I mean, there have been friends of mine that I have known that about. There have been friends of mine that I haven't known about, mm-hmm. and it, when it comes out on the podcast. Um, We've joked about like in the past. I've I've sort of glossed over it for a second, but then we make fun of the fact that I'm glossing over it. Like, so your da- brother died. Okay, so let's get back to high school. And then there are other times when like I can't help but not want to ask about it because it's exactly yeah. what came up in the moment. So um, I'm gonna go with talking about it for a second, if you don't mind. No, not at all. Um, because uh, the only other person not to be like you're in a club together or anything like that. But one of my favorite episodes was with my friend, Stephanie Escajeda and her brother um, died of AIDS when Mm. she was in high school. Um, And I'm, and I just was so, I'm just so fascinated by and moved by and, and sympathetic. I guess I can't feel empathy per se because they don't even have siblings, but the concept of being that very trying age anyway, and then having mm-hmm. tragedy sort of dropped upon you. So, I mean, if you were you were 16? Yeah, it was actually, I was about to be 16 because his funeral was the day before my 16th birthday. Oh, so it was God. like the week before. So, yeah. so what do I even say other than how do you even, like, how was it? I mean, what, so it was, it was obviously, it was a, an well, accident there was no yeah, preparation there was no knowing it was coming yeah one of those middle of the night phone calls kind of uh dramatic situations but it it did it was right i guess i was a sophomore in high school so then um 
Yeah, it sort of changed everything, definitely in my family. Well, let's talk about what it was like before then, okay. just to sort of give a sense of, so you had been in Virginia for a while, for a good number of years. Mm-hmm. So you were sort of used to living in a rural area. And what was the high school like that you went to? Was it big? Well, we was lived it... in that rural area only for a year and oh, a half. Okay. And then okay. we moved into the city. It was Got sort it. of always going to be a temporary thing. Got it. Um, and what city was it? Uh, the city that we moved oh, to after that. Yeah, oh my gosh, it's in the middle of nowhere. Literally in the that's sticks, amazing. right? amazing. Is this like winter? Yeah, probably. But there's, no, neighbors, there's nothing on the trees, but there's no snow. So Our neighbors across that sort of mountain stream were named Catbird, Hazel, and Faye. And it was this woman that Faye was like in her 50s and she lived with her parents her whole life. So oh, they were, amazing. you know, 70 something. And he was bedridden catbird because he had catbird. some kind I think he had diabetes or something, so his legs didn't work well. I that's I don't really remember exactly yeah. what it was. But he had a gun and he would when coyotes or whatever would come Ooh. out of the woods, he would shoot through his bedroom window and shoot at them. Um so it was like you crazy. Just hear yeah. random gunfire and be like, There was a coyote. Yeah, it's catbird again. Catbird up on the hill. in his bed. Yeah, it was a crazy oh my gosh. little area. Okay, so that was only for a year. And then what was the city in Virginia that you moved Lynchburg, to? Lynchburg. Which Lynchburg. is known as Jerry Falwell Town. That's where he oh, lived. Wow. Yeah, very okay. conservative. Um, okay. My parents weren't, but Yeah. But yeah. So what so oh, what was the high school like? Was it a public school? Uh huh. And did it encompass Okay. How big is Lynchburg? Lynchburg I think was about a hundred thousand, maybe a little more. Not that so big. kind of every did other communities come in and go all to the same high school or was it just like one high school that served that there entire were about, city? I and, think there were two okay. for the whole city. And and were the kids conservative? What was the vibe like? No, not entirely. I mean, somewhat. Some of them were, but not really my friends as much. It was actually a great school for the arts. It had an amazing theater program. Nice. So we went to performed in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Oh, you did yeah, when you were in high, high school. Yeah. That's amazing. We did like. Um, Shakespeare and Chekhov and all kinds of so artistically it was very fulfilling yeah oh that's great yeah uh and what were were your friends sort of in that world or were you did you have friends all through like across different social groups I did I was kind of friends with everyone I was like very social and just like to bounce groups Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so it sounds like you so did you sort of had a I mean I don't know if it was idyllic but um it doesn't sound like you were, you know, a huge misfit or... No, I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I just... I enjoyed high school. It was fun. I didn't have, like, a lot of... I just did a lot of plays and yeah. hung out. And it was it was a nice community. Didn't you, did you have boyfriends and... I did. Yeah. I had one long-term boyfriend that was, like, my I high school boyfriend. It, guys, Emma has definitely brought some <laughs> good was pictures. very funny. Oh, my gosh. What <laughs> am I about to see? <laughs> what? Well, okay. So... First of all, you look adorable in what someone would wear even today as like a slightly retro, but it's like a cu- really cute dress. It's like a strapless. I'll put this up on Facebook, but it's like, a, if you don't mind, strapless um, black. It's a black top with like a bow about the waist and then a white kind of double tiered skirt. It's very 80s to me, even though it wasn't Oh, it's the very 80s. 80s. Yeah, it, it does look very 80s. But it also looks like chic enough that I could see Chloe Sevigny wearing this on the, on, the, on the red carpet and everyone would be like, oh, she looked so stylish. Yeah. Um, however, your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he was very funny. He liked to be very unique. He's adorable in his own way. He's wearing black tra- trousers uh, a black bow tie and a very bright red tuxedo jacket mm-hmm. but topped off on his curly red locks 
is a that's like almost a jester cap almost but not really yeah, like, like a, a jester cap without the top it's like a big velvet <laughs> it's, it's like, like a, a velvet large hacky sack. hacky sack a velvet hacky sack this is the thing he's yeah. wearing a mushed up deflated not that a hacky sack has air in it right he's wearing a de-beaned a <laughs> hacky wearing, sack he's i would say it's half bean, half bean. he's wearing a half bean hacky, ha- half hacky bean sack beanie. that is amazing um, did he at any time take that off during prom? I doubt it. Amazing. I don't remember, but and he was your boyfriend, like you, oh, like for years just, and years. I just loved to clarify, him. and I know yeah. that I'm really um, uh, making putting too fine a point on it. You're telling me that you kissed him while he was wearing that hat. <laughs> I'm sure I, sure I did. Be clear. Okay. Okay. My prom date, uh, and, and I'll try to find up a find a, a prom picture. My prom date um, with Zach, since I have named him by name in the past, uh, as my boyfriend that I went to prom with, who was not my boyfriend at the time, uh, had like a comer. I hope I'll ask him if he minds, since we're still in touch. I'll ask him if he minds me putting it up. I'm sure he'll be fine with it. Um, a cummer like a cummerbund that was like mm-hmm. black and white splat like paint splatter almost Jackson kind of Pollock-y. i think yeah and it's possible that his bow tie, i mean i'm sure his bow tie must have matched but he had like the best 90210 hair like straight up sort of luke perry mm-hmm. jason Priestley 90210 hair it's Love pretty it. over the top um he worked that hair what this was your when guy you, did not chris did he, not have he tucked it too. under a beanless beanless hacky <laughs> yeah, sack he did. did you what was your process of like um picking out your prom dress was it like a big to do did you like tear out pages from 17 magazine and like anticipating what you're gonna get or just not go one that day one. i did at other proms that one i don't even remember where i got that but i wore one the next year that was like a short pink um were those sparkly things like sequence? Yeah, sequence. I know. I get aphasia whenever I do yeah. the podcast. The most basic of words. <laughs> the most basic of words. Um, so you went to multiple proms. I went to prom all four years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. How fun. did that... So when you were a freshman, who asked you to prom? That His you, name uh, was Brent. Uh-huh. He's now like a snowboarder in Colorado. Yeah. You can follow all these people on Facebook, this which is, is what's great. so funny. Yeah. You can really keep track of everyone. Yeah. And then I went with him the other two years. Yeah. Then he went to college, Chris, and I, I don't remember who I went with my senior year. I didn't even have a really a sense of prom until my senior year. And then I was like, I guess you got to go to prom. That's what you do when you're a senior. Yeah. And Zach invited me to his. And then I went to mine with girlfriends. But um, but I just wore the same dress because they were like, you know, a few days apart. And I bought like a vintage dress from Ooh. the, I mean, it's not, but like, yeah. Now I definitely But I did wear those. long black gloves. <laughs> Oh, you did. But it was like a. It was like a. It's like a peach dress, and then the, it's like a flesh color dress almost. But then mm-hmm. the then I wore for some reason long black gloves, and then I tied the black gloves in with black shoes and a black velvet ribbon around Ooh, like it's a choker. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Photos, oh yeah, please. yeah. I gotta. I'll find some before you <laughs> That's go. Um, but yeah, like I because I only had one prom and because I only wore one prom dress. It was like a big deal to get. Mm. But my dad loves to tell the story that he was, we didn't have really any money and I had like, he would give me a clothing allowance every month and that he called like a, a you know, woman friend of his who had kids because he would always call to, to, you know, women friends to get advice on how to be a single dad. And he was like, you know, prom's coming up and like these kids spend so much money on dresses and, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I know dresses can be like hundreds of dollars and, 
And she was like, well, you know, just, you know, try to like, remember it's a really important day and, you know, she's getting ready to go to school. So maybe invest a little bit in it. And so my dad just was like, you know, Janet, you know, see if you can find a dress that you like, and then we'll discuss if we can afford it or not. And the dress that I found because I only wore like weird vintage clothes, um, I found at some little hipster place in on Fourth Avenue in Tucson, and it was forty dollars. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> so my dad was like, "I can't believe I was worried for nothing. It was a forty dollar oh, dress. That's so cool!" And I think I even remember being like, oh, "I hope he's okay with this." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get back to you. Um, so you were a sophomore, and then and so then the what? And so what happened with your brother? Um, he was driving in a car and went around an exit ramp too fast and hit a pole and like, oh my God. Yeah. Got in a bad car accident. And it was in the middle of the night. It was at like, I don't know, 11 or 12 at night. I was already asleep when we to get in the car and go to the hospital. Yeah. And how did that, I mean, how did you, you know, it's so random too, like thinking about that, that night, I think I was like doing laundry or something and I didn't sleep in underwear i just wore a nightgown and so when we had to get up and go right away into the car i was still in my nightgown yeah 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 and i didn't realize i hadn't worn underwear till we got in the hospital until this day and we were there for like straight for i don't know a few days oh my god and uh to this day like i get paranoid to sleep naked in case like that's oh you gotta go that is so interesting because i I've thought about that and I feel like I just talked about it with someone maybe on the podcast, but yeah, that I go that and, and that I go through the same thing. I've never had a reason that I needed to, but I do have the paranoia. I don't really pay attention to it always, but mm-hmm. sometimes the paranoia takes over and I, and I can't help, but, but yeah, someone was just telling me that I think, or maybe I heard it somewhere that they that because they had a traumatic experience in the middle of the night that they just sleep in clothes. Oh wow. Like straight up sleep in clothes. Huh. And no, so not interesting that bad. how that stuff, but yeah, that how that stuff shapes you. To me. Oh, like, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um and how and did, did you take time off of school? When did it ha- what time of year happened did it happen? In May. Oh yeah, uh, cuz your birthday's in May. Was your birthday in May no, or June? No, I did yeah, my birthday's yeah. in May. Yeah, yeah. May 19th. I didn't. It was actually the next week where cheer was cheerleading tryouts, and I was a cheerleader. And it was the JV to varsity year where you have to try out for varsity, and it's really hard. And I remember I went back to school the next week because I had to do that. So, but it was helpful to not be yeah sequestered. Yeah, it's hard to know. I guess it's going to be different for everyone, and timing plays such a huge role in it too. But yeah, it's like. But did you feel? Did you feel that, was there like a, a sense from your peers of like, I don't know how to talk to my friend about yeah, this and I how mean, do you I, treat someone after? Everybody, I remember everybody was very sweet about it. My mom was a teacher at the same school that I went to. Yeah. So it was, Did she return to teaching? Not, not yeah. right away. Yeah. I'm not even sure if she did the rest of that year. Yeah. She may have. I don't really remember. But uh, so everybody was very sweet because it was a teacher and a student yeah. that were, was going through that. Um. But yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. Did you feel like it? I mean, I know you went back to school and it was good to have the distraction. Was it a situation where you felt, you know, with retrospect, you know, looking at because you have hindsight, do you feel that you were 
actively coping with it? Do you feel that you kind of compartmentalized it and that it would come out in different ways? I think that I was, you know, I've read things since then that talk about people's way of grieving and some people get completely, you know, grieve right away and are like inconsolable and super upset, but then they get over it faster too. And then there's people that completely shut it out and they deal with it over a much longer period of time. And then people more in the middle. And I think I was definitely more in the middle. So in the beginning, I think I didn't have a, I didn't know what it meant fully. So I was more in shock, which I think is still when bad things have happened over the years, I think is how I deal with things in general, Mm. too. Like, Mm. I remember the morning of 9-11. I had just moved to L.A. And I got a phone call from from at that point, I had gone to college in Wisconsin and was doing summer regional theater and then came out here. But I got a call uh, from my mom at six in the morning that and she said so urgently, you know, America is under attack. <laughs> we, we're under attack. And and you've got to get up and turn on the TV. And uh, there's been a plane into a building and New York is under attack. And I was so tired. It was six in the morning. I'd been out late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Random people at Saddle Ranch. The night before, <laughs> that's just where you go oh, when no. you first move to LA. So I was like a little hungover. and yeah. like, Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, And I literally heard her say, I was like, okay, okay. I got off the phone, I put it down and I like rolled over and my boyfriend was like, what, what was that about? What's going on? And I was like, I don't know, something about we're under attack. (laughs) I was like, completely just not. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. She said something about New York. A plane went into a building and America's under attack. He was like, get up. (laughs) So we got up and turned on the TV. And I remember it being the same thing. Like just it taking a really long time to process fully what had happened. Yeah. And I had (laughs) read a short story about a guy who had a similar experience where he was turning the channel during the 9-11 footage. Yeah. And then now, in retrospect, he's like, what was I doing? Yeah, like, but it was oh, like, what oh, else that's is on? Happening. Well, yeah. let's watch something a little more. Oh, no. But I feel like my reaction was a little bit delayed. Yeah. Like, delayed like that, too, in general, that I have that, oh, this happened. Yeah. All right, well. It's interesting. It makes you, know. you wonder, there is no right or wrong, but it's interesting the way brains kind of protect themselves sometimes yeah. and sort of what, you know, that that's not that's not necessarily that you're not a highly sensitive person, that it might be that you're so yeah. sensitive that you just have this like padding that comes yeah. down. That's like, nope, can't process this all yeah, right I don't know now. What this just means, gonna... But I do know I have cheerleading tryouts <laughs> next week. So oh, no. I better get on that. Oh, yeah. No. So it was a little bit of that where you just kind of go on with your life and process it over the years. Were you guys close? We were close. Yeah. I mean, so this know, the strange, the immediate too, strangeness but... is just, was he, he was, a, was he like a senior or was he? No, he had already, graduated. already graduated. Yeah. So was he off to school or? Mm-hmm. He was going to be so in you the fall. So you, but at that time, had you been still seeing him every day? What I'm getting at is. No, he lived the, in a town about an hour okay. and a half away at that point. How often would you see him before? Um, you know, it never was that long. Yeah. You know, a couple of weeks or so. Yeah. I guess not to, again, I'm just really getting into the nitty gritty with some of these details, but I guess it's just my fascination with. <clears throat> You know, I've been so lucky not to experience that much loss. I mean, I've definitely experienced some profound loss, but I've never had the sort of, with a human being, I've never had mm-hmm. the, like, this is a person I saw all the time. Yeah. And just to have that gone mm-hmm. um, is so different than losing a family member or a friend that I don't live in the same city with, or that I don't necessarily mm-hmm. talk to or see every day. It's just a different kind of 
to me, it was it's a different kind of removal, and it's a different. It's just a much more aggressive strangeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's what I was sort of getting at. Was I, like, but the, I do feel like all of the the losses in life are very similar in mm-hmm. the sense that it just sort of leaves you with the question of where did it go? Mm-hmm. Like when you break up and you're in love with somebody, and then they're Great all of a sudden they're not you. It's not you and them that love. Like where does it go? That's a really it just sort of disappears. I'm so glad that you pulled that into it actually because it's very similar. It is very similar and I have a friend who's going through like a profound heartbreak right now. Yeah, they're the worst. And it feels like I'm talking to I mean he is mourning mm-hmm. more fiercely than a friend of mine who recently lost a family member. Yeah. It really is like there's many this different vicious kinds of death. intense mourning that you have to kind of be present to for a friend when it is that hardcore that I think whereas it's a family member and it's a literal death, you mm-hmm. maybe are conditioned to have a different kind of patience. Mm-hmm. And when it's a breakup, I think a lot of us as friends, unless it's happening to us, in which mm-hmm. case we think that we're the only person who's ever felt that much pain, mm-hmm. is there that, that there's a little more impatience that kicks in. That's like, oh God, it's just a, like I found myself saying the other day, it's just, she's just a person. She's just a girl, you know, she doesn't, I know that she meant a lot to you, but like in an effort to try to get him past, right? you know, but just to say, and that's like, I didn't mean to be insensitive about it, but after, you know, two months of really <laughs> talking about really it, mean, Janet. And, yeah, I mean, no, but I mean, but I mean like, you know, it like you just, you don't want to see your friends in pain. And so you just, you try all these different tactics yeah. to sort of see what's going to work because you wish that you just had like a shot you could give them that would just make yeah. them feel amazing. That wasn't heroin. Um, that wouldn't make them barf on themselves. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, to try to f- find some way to like take the power away from that grief mm-hmm. rather than just letting someone experience it. Cause you don't know too. And that brings into question like when is too much or when do you have to cut someone off well, or when do you have to tell does someone it to yeah, differently? And, exactly. And even sometimes like those random ones that will, bl- you know, blindside you with how much it hurt. Like maybe it's somebody you only dated for a month or two or, yeah. you know, people have different reactions to. And it has so much to do with what else loss. is going on in your life. Yeah, and, totally. What it meant to you. Yeah. The little changes or even a pet dying. Like I don't have a pet, but I've had friends that were just, I mean, it, it's the equivalent of yeah. a family member dying. Well, these guys all know that that's, I mean, honestly, that is the only real, I saw that face every day experience I've had was with my cat because I had her for 16 years. Yeah. And I just couldn't, everybody who listens to the podcast knows. It was like, I, I got so many amazing letters and I still, mm-hmm. I got a beautiful email from a, a very sweet girl um, that I just wrote back to this weekend who's about to say goodbye to her family pet that she had for, de- you know, over a decade easily. And, um, and that it is like, you know, that everybody seems to, once you've gone through it, people are very eager to um, communicate that it's okay for it to be a profound loss because mm-hmm. it is really it huge. Is. And it is really, mm-hmm. it was for me so strange to like lose someone that I'd known my whole life who was sort of a mother figure to me to cancer. And it devastated me in a very specific way. But I also didn't see her every day. And so I mm-hmm. felt her loss that would just hit me in pangs. Right. But it wasn't like, oh, I'll just, you know, I always talk to, you know, I always talk to her. So 
I can't, you know, I, I wasn't constant. I, I didn't have that relationship to her. Mm-hmm. I saw her, you know, a few times a year um, and, you know, kept in touch over email otherwise. And so I felt the loss, but it's just a diff for me. It was different than like this, I mean, a cat for God's sake, but it was just different than everything everything in my life looks the same except she's just gone and mm-hmm. that somehow that felt so wrong. Yeah. Um, whereas mm-hmm. if it's someone from a distance, yes, your house is the same, but it doesn't matter. I mean, like it's, you don't, that de- those things yes. don't come into play the way they do. If you like live in the same place as yeah. you know, your pet or obviously your but family. But I would but. say that those losses are, I mean, they're all the same. You can't really quantify grief. Yeah. And, and it has different reactions. Like I think, now being older, I would feel very different losing, uh, you know, my husband than I did losing my brother. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. also your relationship to that person, all the expectation yeah. or just your, you know, yeah. So I, I would say that even though maybe something like that, that seems so intense that most people could still identify with that feeling of grief. Yeah. Yeah, that's even a good if point. it's a relationship or a pet. Or that's a good point. Someone asked me the other day. Um, I don't know if we were just talking about something to do with that, to do with the idea of grief. And I, I said I was talking about we were talking about our parents because you know I'm just something has happened to me, and there are reasons for it. There are like actual life reasons for it, but something has happened to me over the last couple of years where I just have a, a completely different understanding of what losing my parents is going to feel like. Mm. And it's more real now than it's ever been. And uh, this is like a total tangent too, but it's related. But I was also talking to someone about their kid and their kid said like very seriously, like, do I get, will I get your car if you die? Like a, like a five-year-old. And I was just saying like, it's so interesting how our perception and understanding of of mortality and death changes with time. And I feel like, we, we, we kind of understand it as we like, we don't understand it at all as children. And then Mm -hmm. we kind of understand it as children a little bit. And that at a different age, we kind of understand it in a new way. Mm -hmm. And then at yet a different age, we understand it in a totally new way. It's like you keep getting acquainted with this concept that you think, Oh, I get it now. I get that this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And then it transforms itself yet again as you transform. That's what the big lesson of all of that for me was, is that it never goes away. And that's the most devastating part about it, but also the most comforting is it changes right. as you change your relationship to that incident in your life changes. You have new perspective and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with, you know, any big event that happens yeah. to you as you get older, you revisit it in a different way. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it, and it is, it sort of serves to, it can be a really positive way of understanding where you are in your life and understanding Mm -hmm. yourself if you're able to kind of recognize that this evolution is happening and you have isolated events that you can kind of use as a gauge in that way yeah but i think what what's weird for me now is this is how i this is how i've been feeling about it recently um is that i feel like I have this understanding of death now. It's funny that you would say because it's always there once it's already happened. Mm-hmm. Something has happened to me now where I feel like the grief over losing, let's say my mom, the grief over losing her is already happening. Mm-hmm. Like it's already in my heart. 
and it feels to me like a like a like a bloom like a flower not in a good way but I guess not in a bad way but it feels like there's this bloom that's in there that's just gonna fold open and take up mm-hmm. so much more room when it happens but it's there already does that make sense yeah it, I think rose it's a really of grief is imp- just gonna flower open yeah. because that feeling of grief is that feeling that you can't breathe it feels like the grief is an object that is taking up room in your lungs and in mm-hmm. your stomach. It's like a physical thing that's blocking your organs. And yes. I'm trying to like put a name on it and a face on it that feels manageable to me because it's so strange to know that it hasn't happened yet, but to just have tasted something like it or to be in a place where you're starting to say goodbye to someone or whatever that is, that you just feel it in there and you're like, oh, this is going to get, it's going to fill me up so much worse than this. But like, yeah. I'm trying to just sort of manage it, you know, yeah. breathe through it now. But that way. awareness of impermanence to get that jolt of that from a young age at like 15, oh, 16. Oh God, I'm sure. Has, it's that, you know, that carries with you with everything. You're very aware that you have a brief period here. You don't know how long it's going to be. You have to be doing the things you want to do. You have to be brave. You have to be a good friend. Like all of those things were always in the forefront of my life in that way. And I think that's the gift of getting that. I mean, there's negatives to it too. The, you know, paranoia of a middle of the night phone call, but the positives, it just, it does. It makes you who you are. It gives you a big, part of that flower in your chest is very uh active i think that's i think you're right i think it's i mean it's not i know you're right that um that trade is really it's it's interesting and it is really profound and i think that i didn't have that you know i mean i know i didn't have an event like that that was that life-changing and perspective changing and mine has been more of a slow gradual process and i think that there is a piece of me that has I don't have any I do I've refused to regret stuff but that Me you do too. have this idea of like what would it have been like if I'd really understood more profoundly how immediate life has to be and you know if I had if I had been able to have that relationship to it would my choices have been the same I'm totally happy with the choices I made mm-hmm. but it's an interesting exercise to imagine mm-hmm. what might have been different how do you think how do you think in practical terms your, your, your life was shaped by that? Can you think of examples? Um, well, I mean, immediately after that, the next year I did this play by Chekhov called The Three Sisters. Yeah, it's such a great play. Yeah, and I played Masha, which was so random to play that in high school. Yeah. But and in that, you know, she's dealing with grief to the loss of their father is the big part of, of that, the thread that runs through it. And I think doing that play and being able to like everything deepened about me i would say after that yeah i was very um innocent and happy-go-lucky and i think after that event everything got a little heavier and a little um just had like a bittersweet quality to it for years sure but doing that play right after that like the next year or something i started to see how how healing art was and how art could be more than entertainment and how you can really invest in, in deeper subject matters. So I would say if anything, that was also the big gift that came out of it as I realized the healing properties of that. And I became much more into acting and stuff as a craft. Yeah. And seeing that you can move audiences and what catharsis really is and why it's so necessary to talk about those things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that, and just the idea too, that, 
that uh, closure doesn't really exist. Mm, Great point. And that you have to be comfortable in the ambiguity of things and how they change and how you change and then look at them differently. And that you, not everything has to be wrapped up or tied with a bow or, you know, you can carry on. And it's so, that can be such an uncomfortable feeling for so many people. It's super uncomfortable. It's the thing that I'd struggle the most with, I would say is, is re-remembering that and keeping and just being like, yep, it's, Things are messy. They don't have to always yeah. be tidy. They don't have to go away. You can carry on and make yeah. choices in light of all of that. I it. mean, that's a that's a, that that leads me to an interesting question too about um, how you dealt with conflict before and after. If there was mm-hmm. even a change that you can that you can note, because like because so much of it has to do with what what we exa- what we encounter when we're very small, right? When we deal mm-hmm. with like what our parents are like when they're angry or, you know, mm-hmm. what punishment is like when you're a child and that kind of stuff. But, um, I've always been just what came up for me when you said that was, I've always been the kind of person who, if someone's angry with me, I just, I just want to get through that as quickly as possible. Yeah. Like I just want that part to be over. Yeah. I just want them to yell at me or say whatever they need to say. And I want to say my piece and then I want to make up and have everything be okay. And Mm -hmm. it's very, it's always been so hard for me to just let someone be upset with me totally, and let them be out there in the world being upset and me patiently waiting for them to take as much time as they need to move Mm -hmm. through those feelings or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's still something that's really hard for me. If somebody's upset with me, like I want to fix it as soon as possible. And I'm just wondering if, that I'm, I'm that, like way that way too. Yeah, I definitely am that way. I don't like that feeling, but but part but of I that think, could tie into the feeling of immediacy of like you never know what's going to happen. But I you, work yeah, through your shit yeah, quick because totally. you might not have a lot of time in this world, or you might have not have a lot of time to mend fences with someone you never know, kind of thing. I don't know. But also, even with breakups, like I've been like, oh, I just want to feel better. I just want to be over it for sure. So I think I'm impatient with it on both ends. Yeah, like I want to move through stuff faster than sometimes I can. Yeah. Or, I want everybody to do that. <laughs> I, I wish you all would just hurry up with your emotions Completely. already. Yeah. Completely. Well, so what are you like? Because I know we talked about like the experience of watching a, a stressful movie, um, getting into kind of the catharsis of art. Do you still have the, the, the urge to, you know, do a lot of work that is moving in that way or are you do you feel like that you're so well, I, I think comedy now. is the same thing yeah I mean, to get people to laugh just to have feelings and to be making stuff that you know makes people have feelings yeah. <laughs> sexy feelings sexy it could be sexy feelings could be cry feelings yeah. happy yeah. sad feelings yeah that's true are you do you but do you like, will you go to see a movie? I was just talking about this with, um, with Tig, actually. She was talking about how, <clears throat> I love that I just like give everyone else's opinion that may or may not want me to give them. <laughs> but Tig was just, we were just talking about movies and whatever. And she was saying, you know, I love movies that like wreck me emotionally. Mm. And I was like, I have trouble with that. I mean, I get so wrecked that I have friends call me to warn me not to see certain wow. movies in the theater. Like I just saw this, do not see this in the theater. I know you and you will not be able to leave the theater. Like you won't yeah. be able to drive your car afterwards. And Tig was like, Oh, I love that feeling. That's the best feeling in the world. And I was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's I intense. don't know. I can't Dead man walking did that to me. I've never seen it because everyone told me I shouldn't see it. Cause I, I wouldn't be able to get through it. Sobbing yeah. In the movie theater. The last one I had like that that I can call up quickly that I didn't know um, 
what I was in for was mm-hmm. my friend and I went to see Beginnings mm-hmm. with, or Beginners. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't. I was with a guy, friend of mine. Thank God he's like emotional like I am. And we were sobbing the whole thing, like snot dripping out of my nose. Couldn't leave. Everyone else had left the theater. They were cleaning the theater. We were both just shaking with sobs, clutching each other's hands. It was like the middle of the day. My day was shot. I couldn't, I didn't want to go do any. I was just like, I'm devastated. I'm, it's not even a, you know, it doesn't end on a super sad note, but like, it doesn't matter. Even if it ends with a beautiful note, like. I just can't, I'm just ruined because I keep thinking yeah. about it all day and I just keep crying my eyes out. It's almost too much for me. Especially the theme in that that really struck me was the idea that he waited so long to be who he was. <sighs> That's the part that kills me, that yeah. makes me so sad. It's like he had to hurry it up. He had to hurry yeah. and fit everything into his life. I'm yeah. That theme, totally. I always want to be doing like, I have this rule that I never turn down travel. If there's something that's that's like, the space that I've yeah, that I've like, been in pretty much my whole life too. So it's just I just like, make it work. Yeah, if somebody yeah. invites me to go somewhere or something totally. comes up with work. Like I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I completely am the same way. Please, I've gone to so many. The second the chorus stuff started happening for me, and I started getting invited to these conventions. Mm-hmm. I think with maybe one exception, because of a specific conflict, I have just been like, yes. And my agent's like, you know, they're like not paying you very much money to like fly across the country yeah. and just like st- lose your voice from s- talking to people and signing autographs yeah. all day. But I was like, yeah, but when am I going to go to like, I don't know when I'll get to Tampa again. <laughs> yeah. Really, Janet, Tampa's a huge priority for you. Yes, but it just yes, feels it like, you know, take them, take, get on I the know. flight, do I'm it. It, this it gives you, it, it keeps your life fresh. It's, it keeps you out of stagnation. It, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word. Um, it, it, you know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. keeps you, it keeps, it feels like it. I am in some ways I'm very much a creature of habit and I have a little bit of a paranoia about like getting into those deep brain grooves where you can't be comfortable unless you're blank and you have to do this every day or blank. Mm -hmm. And I think that the traveling really shakes that up and I still, I still like to do what I like to do. You know, I try to rent a bike everywhere I go because that makes me feel less crazy. So you find yourself creating your own patterns Mm -hmm. um, within that stuff, but hopefully that it like makes you alive in a different way. My head is, well, what if you die before you get to go to Tampa? I know. Like you have to say yes now. You don't know how much time you have. And listen, I've already been to Tampa, so I really don't need to go again, (laughs) but I'm going to. But you will. But it's also like once, if you're going for work, then it also feels like I think for us especially because as Laura Keitlinger said on last week's episode we're always looking for our next job which is such a specific choice um, that even if it's going to a place that like wouldn't be your number one place all due respect and love to Tampa Florida Mm -hmm. because I had a very nice time there the last time I was there um, that it gives if it fills you with a sense of purpose too it's like this may not be the place that I would choose to go but listen this is this has to do with my job and I'm going to get on that plane for business. You know yes. what I mean? Like there's, there's <laughs> something about that. I'm a lady. business lady. Listen, I got places to be that it, there, there's something about <laughs> that, business that do. feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, mean? I just want to go everywhere. I really want to go to outer space. Like, I'm, yeah, I want to go anywhere that you could go. Yeah. Like to travel and I want to see everything. What are, everything. what's at the top of, you know what? I'm going to save that for, you know what? I'm going to use that as a segue into the mash. I do quickly want to look at these other pictures. Which are, is this you right in front as a cheerleader? Uh, yeah, fantastic. That's my room as a little kid. Um, it's me doing some theater. A very me. cute, very pink room. Oh man, you actually have the really cute. You have like a Care Bears poster, first of all, yeah. from what I can tell. And then there's definitely like a puppy. Is it two puppies? 
that says a poster that says friends with like that's a photograph oh of God, two puppies know, touching noses. That? <laughs> that's so great. Oh, that's yeah. gorgeous. Um, and what's this one? This is you on a stage. Could be anywhere. High school. High school. High school theater. Mm-hmm. Love it. Me doing a chorus line. Oh, wonderful! I sang at the ballet. That was my. Song. This does look very fame. Uh, fame that was school. my first TV job out here on NYPD Blue. Oh, it sure is. I've never seen him in my PD Blue. I gotta get on it. You were dressed as perhaps an elf, like a Christmas elf, or what? I'm. I played a girl from FIT. You've I was really be into fashion. Me. That's not an elf. Are you outfit. serious? <laughs> yes, that's like Mark Jacobs. Dude. Oh my god! To me, it looks like because the coat is green with yellow buttons, and then there's like yeah. It was I thought super it was some sort of. Fashion. It's really cute, but I often look like I'm wearing a weird costume. So. <laughs> um well i stand corrected <laughs> wait is that who is that on the right is that rick Dennis Schroeder? Franz okay. and then uh mark paul mark oh mark paul i never know Gold. how to say his last name what is it I almost Gosselier said Gaultier. or something yeah gosler 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 i don't know i had never even seen saved by the bell until i did april richardson podcast that was the first time i'd ever even seen an episode because she does um a podcast where you watch an episode of Saved by the Bell and then you just talk about it. Are you serious? <laughs> it's so specific. That's she so asked good. me to do it and I was like, dude, I haven't even seen, I've never seen Saved by the Bell. She's, She's like, like, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, that's going to be great. That's it's so going to be funny. great that you've never done it. Yeah. What's it called? Oh God. It's called Go, Go, shit. Sorry guys. I know you hate when I can't think of things and you know what they are. It's a reference to the show, to the show, which is why I don't know what it's called. It's like go blanks, and it's like the name of whatever the sports team was. Oh right, go! I'm googling Bobcats, Thundercats. Yeah, it's like go April Richardson. <laughs> go Bayside. Ah, nice. Go Bayside. Okay, that's so I'm glad funny. That we I really that. want to hear that. Oh yeah, it's it's a great. Well, she's great. She's a dear friend. You guys would love each other. Um, yeah, so I'm going to use that to just jump right into um, to MASH, uh, our MASH game, because what it. a joy. Um, and we'll start out with three places that you have not been yet that will be, one of these will be the very next place that you go in your MASH future. So I just pick three places. Mm-hmm. Um, Singapore. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, Thailand. Do I have to say where? Um, if you want to get more specific, you can. Phuket. Fantastic. Second. It's funny. Things happen in... It's funny. There's, things keep happening. I like suddenly had two Coloradans back to back. Now Phuket has come up or Phuket has come up twice. And, um, and in the last one and in this one. Uh, number three. Mauritius. All right. I'm going to be honest with you and say I don't know where that is. It's off the coast of Africa. How embarrassing. And by the way, you don't even want to know how I just spelled it. I did the best I could with what I had. The best, the very best I could. Um, what about... Where else do I want to go with you? What about three... Do you speak any languages? Um, no, not really. I took Latin in high school for five years, which was a total waste oh, of time. Oh, wow. The old yeah. dead language. But now you know where yes. everything came from in our language, pretty much. Yes. A lot um, of good that has done, uh-huh, let me tell yep, you. Yep. No, it was totally a waste of time. What about three languages that you suddenly can speak one of? What well, it'll be you'll French, get one of. number one. Great. Spanish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spanish. <laughs> I would put that down. Um I guess 
guess Chinese. Okay. Listen, it's a very practical, very practical idea. Um, okay. And then uh, let's do three perfect dates. Like a place, mm. like whatever that means to you. Could be during the day, could be at night, could be with food, could be without. Just give me your first first one of like, this sounds like a perfect date. Um, I went on a date like this one time where you go for the appetizer to one place, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you go to the dinner somewhere else, dessert somewhere else. I like that. Uh, we'll one. call that, I think there's a name for that. It's like a progressive dinner yeah. or something. And a so foodie, do you have like an thing. area or like a, a locale, either local or anywhere in the world that like it would be fun to be doing that? Ooh, anywhere in the world? Sure. Italy. A progressive Italian dinner. That is wonderful. In Venice specifically. Okay, Venice. Love it. And then what about and a totally really different like one? I to see a movie mm-hmm. and then whatever the movie is to tie in the cuisine to dinner before the movie. Great, so great. So it's like a French film to go to a French restaurant. Okay, movie I think that's with a appropriate... I'm using a really thick pen for this, so it's not really... I probably won't be able to read any of what I'm writing right now. With appropriate food beforehand <laughs> yes. um any specific city that this uh movie and food is happening paris love it love it and then a third date could be totally different i would say maybe horseback riding love Some kind of uh are you horseback riding in the mountains or are you horseback riding on the beach uh, I was thinking mountains. Have you been on the one in Beechwood Canyon that goes over and no, into the Mexican restaurant? No, but I always restaurant? ride past the riders who are going oh, on so that when I'm on my the bike. The light ride. You yeah. have to do that. You I know it. I have to do it. Here's what I've done: so many close, like close things, like adjacent to that. I have gone up to that ranch many mm-hmm. times to feed the horses apples because they let you do that. And so I just pet the horses and feed them mm-hmm. apples, but I never go on a ride. And I've ridden my bike past all of those riders oh, like should. over yeah, and over. Super fun. They are. I would say we that. always that cross was paths. A fun one. I keep meaning to take Josh on one of those too. Horseback ride to Mexico. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon because of his injury, right? Yeah, that's Probably true. Probably don't want to get can't. on a horse if you have a broken collarbone. No, you do not want to do that. <sighs> That'll be a great way to really mark the time when it's like official that he can do stuff like yeah. that. You can celebrate with that. Now that ride. you're better, you're getting on a horse. Yeah, now that you're better, hopefully you'll fall off and break yeah, it all over again. Exactly. This might be a long time coming. It mm. might be a long way away. What about um, three modes of transport that get you around that are uh, unconventional? Jet ski. Love I love it. jet skis. Love it. Or wave runners. I guess the wave runner. I like the sitting down one. Wave runner. Um, I've never been. Well, maybe I have. Oh, yeah, I have, but I've never been the one driving it. It's fun. I, it is, it is really so fun. ridiculous. Going fun. fast across water is really specific, it's really, fun. really fun feeling. Yeah, no, I really like That's that. a great one. No one's ever said that before. That's a really good answer. I would say that way. Um, I like skiing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And uh, private jet. Great. Then you can really go places. In style. (laughs) Okay. What about three... God, I'm really taking my sweet time with this. (laughs) Um, Really taking my sweet time with this. What about three plays that you can do again or for the first time Mm. and where would you do them okay 
Um, Hamlet. Mm-hmm. On the Moon. Love it. Playing Hamlet. Love it. That's my number one choice. I love it because that sounds so, it's such an eerie play and that there's so much like existential. Yes angst and then the idea of like the darkness and the cold white of the moon is like really great i love it it's so that juicy would be my number one okay um i would love to play masha again and then i would Three like to play that in sisters. moscow even though she talks the whole time about wanting to go to moscow <laughs> that's the irony that's the irony <laughs> Wait, where did you guys shoot much ado I forgot. We shot that here in Josh's you did. house. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. People, we, and I keep budget. trying to talk him into doing the three sisters. And he's like, you know, the problem with that play is nobody wants to play Masha. <laughs> you <laughs> he's son joking. Of a bitch, and then Josh. I was immediately like, I want to play Masha. And he's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> you and everyone else. Isn't that funny? Uh, no one wants to play Masha. Yeah. Okay. What's the third one? Uh, the third one. I would like to play Harper and Angels in America. Oh, that's great. And I guess. You got to do that in New York. I mean, you kind of do, right? These are great. I'm glad I came up with that category, brand new, fresh. (laughs) Now, the only person who loves your husband uh, as much as you do has got to be me. So all due respect to Joshua, (laughs) who I adore. This is an imaginary world. So I'm going to ask you to just cast him aside for a second. (laughs) Throw him to the wind, if you will. Throw him right to the wind. He's going to be there as soon as this game's over. None the wiser. None the wiser. Three can be from any period of time, can be someone you used to have a crush on, mm. can be someone, you know, it could be Gregory Peck, Circa, To Kill a Mockingbird, like it's mm. t- time is no oh, object. Wow. Um, three, uh, you know, people, it, it, maybe this is just who you, these are the people that you'll be on this date with. You'll be on one of those dates with one of these people. It's just a date? I don't have to make out with them? Um, that's a really good question. You know, I'm I'm conjuring up from my friend Sarah actually wrote me a hand wrote me a letter and wrote me a, like a mash game list that I had to fill in mm-hmm. and she asked me to come up with a perfect date so I'm totally ripping that off, off of her and she asked me for the person that I'm going on a date with and to your point I loved the idea of just hanging out with the people that I was describing mm-hmm. so much that only one of them that I list was I like I seriously would yeah. want to have sex with this person and then the other two were like Kate Blanchett and Greg yeah, Barron, right? just because I was like, I just love being with Greg. It'd be so <laughs> fun. So nice. Like, yeah, you know too. what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it could be, it could even just be someone that, yeah, you, 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 whatever that date is, um, it doesn't even have to be romantic if you don't want it to be. Okay. Do, do they have to be, al- oh, they don't have to no, be alive. No, they don't have okay. to be alive. I would say Christopher Hitchens, the great, writer. That's great. Who is no longer here. Uh, just cause he makes me laugh. Love it. And, I would say Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, just Woody Allen. Today's Woody Allen, or like uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah. just like the idea of how productive he is and oh, how he sure he's his productive. own voice, and he just literally just this. Yeah, puts out stuff every year. And he really does. I don't know. I just think he'd be interesting. And it's, I agree. I get excited about his movies. Yeah. Um, and then. You said Kate Blanchett, so it could be a girl too. I did. I was just like, oh. I would love to just hang with her. Um. Well, if I have to sleep with them, I would say Clive Owen. Ah, <laughs> I'm putting him in there because we might as well. Because you're probably not going to sleep if, with Woody Allen. If I had to, then I yeah. would say. He's ridiculously sexy. What about um, if you could live in a movie for as long as you wanted to? Just like for whatever reason, you're just mm. suddenly transported into a movie. Um, 
not as a not as a character but just the world of that movie you get to live in for as long or as short a period of time as you want ang lee's sense and sensibility i couldn't agree more and i would want to wear those dresses oh my god and i would want to live in that yellow did you house. know that the, have i said that on a podcast episode no have that's you like my you, favorite movie oh that's so funny because i've watched I that worship movie emma thompson mil- me too and have you read her journal yes guys She's amazing. i can't talk about her Come journal on, enough i've talked guys, about it on like eight podcast episodes but get on it that was the other i love that every frame is like a painting and i just i don't know oh, i thought it was just so beautiful, beautiful. sometimes uh, you know and and i for some reason like little moments in the movie come up for me a lot and one of the things that comes up for me a lot is when I have been in a, a social situation, whether it's like, you know, I've stopped seeing someone or I've started seeing someone or I've, I think it, I do tie it in with romance because the, the scene is so specific to romance, but it's that scene with Kate Winslet where she, where she's talking, where she's crying and she's sad and she's talking mm-hmm. about Willoughby and Emma says, surely you don't compare your behavior to his. Yes. And she says, no, I compare it to what it should have been. I compare it, it to, to yours. yours. And I, I think about that. I think, how did I conduct myself? And did I conduct yes. myself appropriately? Or, or did I did I do something honorably? And was I, I think treated about honorably? That too, especially having a younger sister. Yeah. Where you're like, you want to model the correct yeah. thing for them. Yeah. Oh, God, that movie's so good. Um, amazing. Amazing. Okay. So sense and sensibility. Do I pick three or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, what other movie do I want to live in? Uh, Waking Life. I want to be a cartoon character. You know what? I never. I love Richard Linklater's movies too. I do. I like his movies a lot. And I think somehow I went and saw that when it came out in the theater. And I hate to be honest with about this, but I did walk out of it. But I don't know why. I think I might've just been in a snobby mood. (laughs) I think that would be neat. That's kind of. I can't remember. I've also gone through phases where I've like walked out of a lot of movies. I've probably walked out of 20 movies. You maybe have more. Yeah. Oh, that would drive I went my through husband a, crazy. I know. I just went through I a phase where like I would just walk movie. out of movies. I would be like, you know what? Life's too short. I'm, I'm not interested enough. I'd rather yeah. just be doing something else. Wow. If I'm at a movie, because I don't see them yeah. in the theater unless it, I really want to Yeah, be there. well, that's true now. I used to just go to movies like, what do you do with an afternoon in Los Angeles yeah. when you first, and it's hot. And I would go to, I would go to something and be like, nope, nope. Don't want this. Um, and go out and like get my money back, like get a pass for something yeah. else. Okay, so Waking Life. So I'm going to have to revisit that and see it myself. Uh, Fantasia. Love. That would be Any cool Any specific um, thing? I always love the like the little fairies that are going through and lighting up all yes. the flowers. I just think it would be fun. It would be a trip. General, I, I think yeah. it, like you could just move all the different things. Yeah, you could, get, you could see it yeah. all. That's perfect. And then, or any underwater documentary. I love anything underwater. Well, you only get three. All right, take Waking Life off. I know I want to be because I'm already in a cartoon. If I'm (laughs) (laughs) okay, under underwater thing. Water, good one. Did you like Splash when you were little? Yes, I loved Splash. I I wanted to be her for sure. These guys know that. Okay, so then the last one. I'm gonna do something similar like that. well, I'll just do what I'll I'll do one of the other ones that Sarah um, sent to me, which was if you could trade places with one person for a day, list three people that you that you trade places with. Now, I'm going to say with a caveat that I really this was a very hard one for me because mm-hmm. on first think I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to be this rich and famous person. But then I was like, I don't know, like what if I got them on a really stressful day? Like what if yeah. I got them? It'd have to be really specific about. But if it's only for one day, you could probably handle it. Yeah, like that's I would true. say Obama. Yeah, okay. It'd be fun to be the president for a day. Yeah, yeah. Find out what that's all about for mm-hmm. sure. 
as you switch over into his body the day he has to like decide to drop a bomb yeah he's like five drones (laughs) (laughs) no Uh, oh uh who else for one day i think it would be really amazing to be a really great singer for a day great any particular one adele Love be it. Adele for day. Oh my gosh, it's such a that's such a great one. I didn't even think about that to be able to just open your sing mouth to yourself, and be that way. all day long. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. Um, last one. So far, um, you've picked two people who are almost exclusively referred to by only one name. Then Beyonce. There you go. Because <laughs> she can dance. Oh, these are great. Yeah, you'd really have an adventure as being any one of those three people. Okay, uh, I'm going to start this process. Uh, Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Um, uh, Four is all it was. I only got to four. So I'm going to pause this. And when I return, we'll reveal your mash future. (laughs) Boy, four really makes it go by really fast. I toured this out. Why did I tear this out? I, I tore this up because the Park, Park, Park yeah, Free Shakespeare Festival. That. I want to do that. Um, so let's go to that. They're doing Macbeth and she as stoops you like to conquer it, like as you like it. Um, I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen Macbeth in so long. It would be really fun to see. Did you do Sleep No More in New York? No, I never did oh, it. Come I know. On. I it's know. still going on. I know. I just, you know what? It's, I honestly haven't been in New York that much since mm. it started. I used to be in New York like a few times a year, and now I just. Like I haven't been at all this year. I've been oh, well. it's like I've been everywhere but New York, Tampa, uh, Tampa, <laughs> lots of places. Uh, finally made it to Montreal. That was like a perfect city. Oh, I want to go there. I will say, as a side note of Montreal, because I do speak some French, um, that it is like my dream city because you can speak as much French as you want, but then if you just like forget a word, you can put the English word in, and everyone knows that oh, too. That's but nobody bats an eyelash if you're franglais your whole way through it, mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, that is perfection to yeah. be able to like say something to someone in French and then they lazily answer you in English and vice versa. Uh, I can't believe I haven't spent way more time there. Um, let me get into your future. First of all, uh, <laughs> I want to let you know that you, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. Like there's so much good stuff going on here. First of all, your very next trip is going to be to Singapore. It actually is. So, <laughs> Congratulations. Um, now, I'm not, I mean, I, I certainly are going to probably have the option of speaking Chinese uh, nearby, mm-hmm. uh, if not in Singapore proper. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you managed to ski your way there, <laughs> but that is most certainly how you arrived at your destination. Uh, there's a lot of travel happening. This is good because, you know, I've given you a lot of travel options and tied in a lot of different reasons why you would be. So although Singapore is your next stop via skis, heavens knows you could go to China because you speak fluent Chinese. Um, certainly you will be doing a lot of traveling because of your progressive Italian dinner date that you're going to be having in Venice with the one and only Christopher Hitchens. Kind of a lovely ambling, getting lost down the Venice alleyways and, you know, canals as you guys just talk about life and uh, so forth. It's kind of fantastic. And then um, at the conclusion of that, I don't know if you come back to your mansion at home mm-hmm. or if you go straight to do Three Sisters in Moscow. Mm. 
but that is very much uh, on its way in your in your future. Um, and when things get a little heavy, uh, you can always escape right into Fantasia. <laughs> or you can spend your day as Beyonce. Yeah, Those I are two very <laughs> wonderful escapes. Uh, not a bad future. That's a great not future. Not a bad future. And turns out your husband has nothing to worry about. That's um, true. <laughs> that is true. Oh, RIP. So everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody wins. Um, this is a joy. What a pleasure. Yeah. Just, Anything that you want to cover that we didn't cover? We got into some deep stuff. Yeah, we did. Um, but I think we did all right for ourselves. Yeah, it was nice. I do want to ask you really quick what this is like. I would. N- I don't know why I'm ending a podcast with asking you questions I would have asked in the middle. But um, what kind of uh, like mu- like music did you listen to when you're in high school? Only because I just can't tell from like what you're um, into doing and Green stuff. Green Day, okay, like Nirvana. All right. Um, I don't know. I really kind of listened to everything because you were a cheerleader, but you were also in drama. You really were like all across the board. Yeah. I've had a few girls like that. But I've also had girls who were like into cheerleading and drama who just didn't have taste in music. They were like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't really listen to music. So that's why yeah. I was interested. It was like it was how rich your social life time, was in that there way. There was the MTV countdowns. So mm-hmm. I feel like that was mm-hmm. always on in our house. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of. A lot of countdown. Yeah. A lot of countdowns. VH1 behind the music. Yep. Yep. A lot of that. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. We're going to do our own behind the music with you. Perhaps as your day as Beyonce, but also maybe just like your extraordinary uh, life that we've just laid out for you. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, Guys, I cannot encourage you enough to get your hands or your butts to uh, find some way to see Much Ado um, that Emma is in and that that Joss Whedon directed. Um, You'll be doing yourself a monumental favor. Um, Anything else? Yeah, go see it. Yeah, guys. Check it out. Come on, guys. Check it out. Um, all right. So uh, that's it for this week of the podcast. Uh, I got very energized. All of a sudden, I sat up like real straight as if I had some big grand uh, goodbye. Like I thought I, she was going to burp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I could burp on command. Hold on. Wait, let me turn. I'm not going to be able to. Can you? Yeah. yeah. That's the way me. to do it. We I, really classed Excuse me. I didn't mean to. Yes, uh-huh. I did. <laughs> Yes, I did mean to. Ended on a very, very classy note. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. And uh, talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.